Hey everyone, it's Wednesday, February 25th. Welcome back to the Collaboration Podcast. We still don't have a name for it. Please for it. email us your suggestions. My name is Marvin Yue, sitting across from me, as usual, is my co-host, the lovely Minji Chang. Hello everyone. And next to her, well, we have a third guest tonight, or today. Dun, da, da, dun. The OG Asian American artist, triple threat, singer, songwriter, actor, Mr. David Choi. How's it going? What's up? Woo! <laughs> good to be here. Yeah, Thanks for good me. to have you, man. I'm happy David's sitting next to me, and I get to be in the same podcast as him. <laughs> Yay! Yeah. Awesome. And you guys can well, you guys well, we're we have some video this time, so we might have some highlights coming up on our YouTube um, channel later. But sitting behind us is producer <laughs> Chris. What up, Chris? Hi, Chris. Looking fabulous. He'll be uh, he'll be shooting some our lovely faces, or the side of my face and your guys' lovely faces for the next hour or so. You're the man of mystery. <laughs> cool. How's everyone doing? Good. Good. It's it's a beautiful day outside. Yeah, it's been really cold in LA lately. It was raining yesterday. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, and the day before that. And which it was kind of like, strange. We need it. We do. We're in the, we're in the middle of a terrible drought. Yeah. And but today's nice and warm. You know? No, uh, the morning was pretty cold. Again, yeah. cold here. We've said this in a, a lot of other podcasts. Cold here is not cold. Sorry, I sleep in the morning, so when I woke up, it was nice. Yeah, I woke up at eleven. 20 today. Right? Nice, right? Well, I woke up at 11, and then I woke up at 11.15. <laughs> so then, then you I, woke up and then got ready and then came to eat lunch with us? I did. Very nice. Yeah. Zanku chicken. <laughs> Zanku chicken. So Zankuchicken.com. Check it good. out. So good. That's why I'm, I'm like trying to get my energy back right now, because it's such a good meal. <laughs> yeah. Let's just take a nap. Let's let's just finish up this podcast and take a nap right now. Uh, that's All right, guys. That's, that's great. Good, right, good night, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well... Welcome back to the podcast. Each and every week, we take some time to talk about what's going on in collaboration movement, what's going on in news, and just, you know, whatever our minds takes us. I've learned to not count on my show notes because we go on a lot of tangents here. We have a lot of opinions and thoughts <laughs> that we need to express. I disagree with you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about that. All right. What? what? Let's go. Let's do it. It's a derailing Marvin's show. It's all right. It's all right. Can you... Can you believe it's already in the February? Yeah, I, I can't it's, believe it. it. Yeah. I feel like February went so quickly, but January took forever. Gen- That's what I was saying. I was Because I was saying 2014 flew by. Uh, did you feel that way? Because I felt like 2014 in the year was like blink of an eye. 2014 was kind of dragging for me. I kind of just That's, like- But then I felt that way about January. I was like, wow, this month feels really long. And then February is gone. I feel every year is, is every day is moving faster Yeah, towards my death. We're... <laughs> Well, I don't want to. We got really more. I don't want to like. stay or anything, but there are less days in February than January. This is true. Mm. Oh, that, that explains it. <laughs> and no, it's also that truth. Like I talked about this with my with my dad the other day, but just you know, as you get older, and it's such, like everyone's. It's such a cliche, and everyone tells you that as you get older, it's just going to go quicker and quicker, quicker. It's like absolutely mm. true. Yep. Like oh, yeah. so this year's already planned out. Especially now, honestly, with my friends getting married and things like that, like <laughs> I have to plan way in advance. Yeah, I, got, I already have two weddings coming up in the next three weeks. To go to three are you weeks? performing? Wow, uh, they're t- two friends of mine, and I'm performing in both. Nice. I get asked to perform at weddings a lot, but um, I only do it for friends. Nice. See, if I had a friend who performed for a living, and I had a wedding, I feel kind of weird asking them to play 
for some reason. It's kind of like, am I hiring you? Are you my friend? Yeah. Like, yeah. And that's, and for me, it's just, I just say yes. <laughs> if it's a friend automatically, because, mm. you know, I, I, I would feel I, I, on the other side, the, as a performer, it would feel weird to get paid to do that. Right. You do know? you know, you just opened yourself up for like all your friends. <laughs> asking. I'm sure they already know. Yeah. Well, I'm sure they already know, They're but like, now hmm, it's like, I'm it's confirmed. They're like, I heard it on a podcast. If it works with, from, with my <laughs> schedule. Yes. Let me yeah. just put that in. <laughs> Caveat there. If it works, it'll, it'll happen. Yeah. Yeah. So how's everyone's weekend? What did I do this weekend? What did I do? I don't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> We're just lost puppies. So I, everyone's yeah. looking up at the ceiling. I think I just worked. Mm. Just preparing for... You got a lot coming up. Right, you got like a tour coming up, right? Yeah, I got a tour coming up uh, March 20th at the LA uh, Troubadour. Oh, the true. Yeah, yeah, the true. So that's going to be my first show, uh, playing a bunch of my new songs. And then, uh, yeah, and then I have OC the day after. And then that's when we hit the road. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Do you like tour life? Um, I kind of miss it, but it is very monotonous because you're, you know, for this tour, I have about 23 shows lined up. Yeah, I saw the list. It's in crazy. a matter of, I don't know, like four, about almost four weeks. And, you know, you can just imagine singing the same songs over and over again. Luckily, mm. these are new songs. It's a new album. And um, every time I play it, at a show I you know the next show I want it to be better yeah yeah um, so I have that going for me but the previous albums you know I have three other albums and you can just kind of imagine playing the same songs for you know all, all of the shows and kind of and, and on tour because it's so jam-packed and close together when you're playing your set the next day it's like you're playing the exact same set and the day after that you're playing the exact same set right. same jokes same <laughs> uh, you know same stories and it it's tough trying to mentally figure out how you're going to change it and mm-hmm. sometimes what makes it worse is when you see the same audience member right in front for 2 days straight and the second day i'm thinking okay um I don't want to say the same joke because this one person is here. <laughs> you know, so I have, yeah, it's like a very tricky thing. That's like with. a super fan. So they, they like follow all your shows or something. Or? They probably came just for that one joke. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then I, you yeah. know, the, the, the worst thing for me would be, I'm, I'm already imagining that person who came to the second show thinking, um, he said that joke yesterday. Does he do this at every show? Like, I don't <laughs> want them to think that that's why I, what if they tweeted that it? too? That, oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. music repeat. As long as they don't have like a ton of followers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you're kind of like, that's. Well, if they at you, then the all your followers. Well, I mean, they won't see it unless they act- actively look for it. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of feel like it just, you just need to prepare two days worth of jokes. That's all. Just a little bit extra work. Yeah. That probably. is crazy, though, actually. Like, how do you. Yeah. It's like I a mean, stand up comedian, too. It is. Yeah. That's what I was just thinking. Yeah. I was like, well, like, you know, we know our, our stand up comedian friends and we follow yeah. stand up comedians and when they host things, you know, even on TV, you hear the same jokes. I remember Russell Peters, like, mm-hmm. I, I saw him, the, that clip. Was that on YouTube? That when was on YouTube? YouTube. That was early YouTube. Yeah, it was early yeah. YouTube, right? What are you I just talking about? You Russell saw him Peters, live? and then I saw him live twice, and yeah. then. You saw him live? I think that's like a billion dollar ticket. Not now. It yeah. was like around back that time. Then, I remember it was like. Hmm. He was so uh, yeah. unaffordable for a college student. He he. Well, I was in my early twenties. It was after college, but he came to the San Francisco for mm-hmm. Wild ninety four nine comedy jam. 
Okay. Why must they still do that? That was like the best thing ever. And it was him. It was Pablo Francisco. It was all these amazing comedians. Mm-hmm. But he used like probably 75% of that video. Mm-hmm. But at that time, How it was... How did you feel? I thought, because it was so funny. I, at that time, I was like, wow, I get to see these jokes live. <laughs> like <laughs> I was loving it. Fascinating. But then I saw him again and I was like, oh, homie, you need to come up with some new stuff. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But like That's that tough. was a couple of years later. Yeah. Comedy's tough. I it's mean, hard. Yeah, I mean, it's like a joke, you know? Whereas music, it's you can you could listen to the same song, you know, more than you can yeah. hear the same oh, yeah, joke. You can, well, I'm so. sure your crowds, like your your fans, are like super happy because they, you know, that's you're playing it for like the umpteenth time, but right. that's their first time they get to see your, see your show because you're saying like it's been a while since you've been on tour. Yeah, like, it's brand new to them. Mm-hmm. How yeah. do you how do you do it? <laughs> Man, you just you just do it. You know, you try to find new meaning with with every song and. You know, they're, they're like my my one of my most popular songs is "By My Side." I love and that song. thank you and um, yeah, when I when I sing it, I'm obviously thinking about the person I wrote it for. But there have been times when I think about other people. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. Um, I'll think about a story that you know a fan emailed me about their how what that song meant to them, and sometimes that runs through my mind when I'm singing it. So yeah. the 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 story changes with with. Uh, time do you is that a that's a popular one i'm sure for weddings yeah a ton of weddings have used it all around the world actually um i did a ted talk uh like two years ago and um i just for my my presentation i had asked fans um if they've ever used it in a in a wedding and i had responses from like all over the world which that's is so nice. crazy that's so cool yeah a song that a love song that i wrote for someone that i had a crush on that you know obviously didn't work out is working out for other people so it's yeah. kind of a, a weird thing for a song to do that that's amazing and that's the cool thing about music it's just you know it, you might write for one reason but it means different things to different people yeah and you know they it's everyone just interprets it as you know mm-hmm. uh, something that they yeah. end up owning you know right and yeah. and it's and that's why when people ask me what the song means i'm I usually explain what it means and what the story is behind it, but a part of me also feels a little hesitant because I don't want, um, <laughs> I want people to have their own stories too. Right. Right. There are the listeners that, uh, take, take the song and see how it relates to them and, you know, apply their own life to it. And then there are those who are just curious about what the songs are about that, you right. know, that's, that, that's the reason why they listen to it, to hear my side of the story as opposed, as opposed to putting their, yeah, spin on. Like, who's it about? Yeah, it's not about me. <laughs> no. And then their dreams are crushed. <laughs> but I still love this song. Yeah. I, I mean, I've never told anybody, like, for the songs I've written for other about other people, I don't ever tell them. Mm. Uh, some, I think some of them know. Some so them know. it's like a Taylor Swift thing. <laughs> I would, I you know guess so. I mean, but, but I mean, if you think about it, it, that's every song, right? Right. Every song from every artist in the world, you know. uh is about someone, you know. Yeah. John Lennon's "Yesterday," you know. That's, I don't know the background story of that song. It's for pro. Uh, it's probably for Yoko. Mm. You know, you never know who it's for. I mean, it could not be either. <laughs> the mystery. Yeah. I mean, that's. I think that's the power of really good art is that because it comes from a real place. That's why it can then be. I guess. I think I said John Lennon. I think I meant um, Paul McCartney. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Paul who's McCartney. making a comeback these McCartney, days? Right. And there's children out there who are like, who's Paul McCartney? That's so nice that 
There were kids asking who Miss Elliot was from the Super Bowl. I know. Dude, I was at a Super Bowl party where people were like, I didn't know that guy from Hunger Games was a musician. (laughs) I was like, that's Lenny Kravitz, fool. Oh my gosh. What the crap? I judge you for being in the company of people who didn't know who Lenny Kravitz was and Missy Elliott. Don't judge my friends. They're cool. Judging I love Lenny hard. Kravitz. He's awesome. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he was wearing that chainmail freaking tank top. I'm glad that... Who was the artist that brought him up on that? Was it Katy Perry? Katy Perry. Katie Perry. Yeah. I'm glad that she, she brought him because mm-hmm. it's like her paying uh, her respects to the people who influenced her. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, Katy Perry is like really interesting. And this is funny because we were just talking about this at lunch about pop music and we were just not even lunch right before this. But Which was lunch, yes. Which correct. was lunch. com. <laughs> Can we get yeah, donations are accepted all day, every day for the collaboration movement. I'm sure Mr. Mr. Zanku is definitely listening to this podcast Thank right you. now. I will forward it to him. We I will DM at, him. At him at Twitter when we post yes. this thing. But anyways, we're talking about pop music and I... I would actually love anyone's opinion on pop culture because here's the thing. I'm a big consumer of pop culture and pop music and I get all jazzed up and I sing along and I know all the words and all that stuff. But, you know, there's especially with young people or like people who think they're too cool and like this whole hipster generation or whatever, like they're above mainstream. They're called millennials. No, but I feel like, again, we only know our our generation, our culture, because this is what we live in, right? Mm-hmm. We don't know what it was like to grow up in the 70s, 80s, whatever. I'm sure there was always, like, a strong... It's the rebellious, like, I'm, I don't follow the mainstream. Counterculture. Yeah, mm-hmm. counterculture. Well, there's a, there is a phase where you're just... You just want to, like, not... Yeah, like, you're the hater phase, right? We're just hating everything popular. I'm cool popular. because I don't follow things you think are cool. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the April Ludgates. Mm. Again, sorry, I always have to put in some freaking. Minji loves Parks and Recreation. I keep inserting Parks which and Recreation. Which is ending, which, which ended last night. I don't. Ooh. Sorry about that. Yeah. I'm mourning. We haven't seen you because we're, we're coming from you from the past. But <laughs> The last show that I saw was uh, The uh, the Office. Yeah. Mm. I, I Again, I don't have time to watch a lot of shows, but when I got sick, I watched Parks and Rec and I just like went on a rampage. Parks and Rec, I liked it because it reminded me of The Office. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good workplace comedy. And for, you know, I've worked in local government before and it's pretty spot on some of the craziness that happens. Mm. Like town hall meetings, I've seen some crap. Putting together subcommittees with binders. Well, that's just collaboration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyways, going back to, the, again, we, another tangent, but going to pop culture, right? So we have this whole, like, there's always that counterculture movement. But I, I, you know, it actually took me a while to admit, like, I love pop culture. I loved Britney Spears. I was always like a closet Britney fan that never would say it out loud. I've always wanted to go to like one of her concerts, which I did in my 20s. But you know, when she was popular during high school and college, like I wouldn't admit that. Like, but And Katy Perry. Maybe one more time. Yeah. And we all kind of are really nostalgic, especially now where there's this huge wave of like 90s nostalgia. Yeah. Like we're like it's pop culture is just really interesting because everyone appreciates it. The numbers prove it, but not that many people are like, I'm a huge Katy Perry fan right. and she influenced me. <laughs> you Katy know, Perry's awesome. I'm, I'm actually a fan of Katy Perry. That's cool. Like, I think a lot of the, a lot of girls are a fan of Katy Perry. Just like for her, like, are you calling me a girl? No, no, no. <laughs> In general, like Twisty there's a lot of people words. like that look up to Katy Perry too, because of her, like she, she, she makes very like triumphant music, you know, like very, right. Like, we all know how, well, maybe we all don't know, but Roar, yeah. <laughs> that song makes me cry. It's a great, she's a great writer. I mean, I, I, yeah. I, another reason why I really like her is because I knew her before she was popular mm-hmm. because when I was at Warner back in 2000, 
2005 or 2006, um, she'd come around the office often and with her management and, you know, she's obviously working on a deal that led up to, you know, what are, who she is now. Yeah. Um, but I would always see her around hotel cafe. Mm-hmm. Um, what? yeah, she, hotel she cafe? did the hotel cafe yeah. circuit. She was really in that singer songwriter circle when she played acoustic guitar. I mean, she just hasn't been to hotel cafe. I still haven't been there. Yeah. I like, it's the premier spot for singer songwriters. We just yeah. missed on Kawahi was there last Friday. Yeah, I actually yeah. found out that a total other tangent, a, a, a former classmate of mine from San Francisco is opening for her in San Francisco at Brick and Mortar. Mm. And she's doing, they're all doing really yeah. crazy. The Hotel Cafe, so, I heard, is amazing for... Yeah, and she was really, she was always really nice. And she was always quirky the way she is now. And I remember just uh, one time I was driving driving past the venue and she was on the street and, um, you know, we 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 met eyes and then she was like hey how are you like she was like really a kind person yeah and um i think i mean it seems like she still is and she's just more like she's able to creatively be even more quirky because she has the money to yeah you know she has those her concert she has those guns where it's like they shoot out what was it soap or what was it? It was like foam or Probably. whatever. Yeah. Mm. She's like, she's crazy. I love that. <laughs> yeah. She was always like that. She was always just nice and genuine and, and really the way she is now. It's not, yeah. this is not like her trying to be someone she's not. Right. Yeah. She was always like that. Was she, she was originally a Christian singer. Her, her parents are missionaries, I think. Okay. Mm. Or her dad's a pastor. And your breakout song was I Kissed a Girl and I Liked It. Right? Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, yeah. that was like the whole thing. I, I, I still love that song. I love that song. I love that <laughs> it's song. It's such a great song. Well, okay. So then that's cool because, I mean, then you can really attest to that because you, you did see her when she was at Hotel Cafe. And she I think, wrote. She's a writer. She's yeah, a songwriter. She's an amazing yeah. songwriter. And that's yeah. what I kind of learned from the, um, her movie. Um, yeah. P- Piece of Me or Part of Me? Probably Part of Me. Part of Me. Belieber. Not anyway, um, <laughs> busting my chops per usual. So it's kind of cool because I'm curious too. Because people will, will the haters and the people who honestly really don't know anything about anything about being yeah. a musician, it's like their opinions on like, oh, who you used to be, and right. you know, you're a sellout and blah 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 blah. And I think that's the part of the ca- counterculture thing is like, once you become mainstream, suddenly you're not authentic and you're not who you were, mm. and you don't, you know what I mean? Right. And so I think that's like where people get really like anti. Or I just think sometimes that's just a phase. I feel like eventually you come to the realization that good music is good music. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, definitely. Like, it's the reason why you know we got into like pop music as kids. Like for me, like you know, you t- you, you spoke about Britney Spears. Like I had that CD only because it was part of that. You know, they used to have those uh, mailers where you like you buy one, you get ten free. Oh, I remember those. Yeah, yeah. And then just I did not know this. Just yeah. happening one of the CDs that came mm-hmm. that like you know we just randomly picked. What was then, that called? It was like a magazine like CD thing, right? something. It was CD like now or CD something. now. No, CD now, no, not CD now. No. Um, I it was like an infomercial. Something how something. Oh, yeah. Art house. No. Uh, I'm just upset that I don't. We'll know. figure it out. We'll yeah. figure yeah. it out. You know I wish I knew. Chris doesn't know. He's too young. Um, I don't remember, but yeah, but you know that, right? Like yeah. you, you, like you put stamps yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. Like that's how I got my first Green Day CD, my first Blind CD. Like yeah. just because um, my dad is really into music. Like he was into music as as you know, growing up in Taiwan. Like he mm-hmm. like collected <laughs> like bootleg vinyls that had like the top top forty hits up. That's mm-hmm. awesome. So, that's so cool. So he was always like he like picked his like best of the seventies CDs and like gave five to me and my brother. And we just picked you know. So that's Spears how you found good. out about Britney Spears. Well, that's how I ended up with her CD. Okay, mm. 
I didn't buy it. It was free. <laughs> it was given to us. But you're you know? discovering new music. The, again, yeah. pre-Spotify yeah. and Pandora. <laughs> and then, you know, like I said, like, I don't think I recognized it, as, recognized it as good music back then, but it was like definitely catchy and definitely something that I ended up playing a lot just because. Because mm, it, it makes catchy, you feel good. You know? yeah. yeah. Puts you in a certain mood. And, and that's what music is. It It's something that makes you feel. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's what it. it it could be a bad song, but if it still made you happy or it created a moment in your yeah. life in the past, you know, that brings you n- nostalgia and, and, you know, great vibes and yeah. the music did its job. Nice. I think that's part of all the cognitive dissonance between people who, like, claim they hate Taylor Swift but, like, really like her music. <laughs> mm. There's a really, I don't know if you've seen it. There Was it SNL? It's an SNL, yeah. It's SNL. SNL. They made, a, like, a spoof commercial thing of Swiftamine. Basically, like, it's medicine for adults who get vertical because they realize they... They like, love Swift. <laughs> Swift. Oh, gosh. It's really funny. I think that was kind of me. I think everyone had a moment, especially with 1989 coming out. They're like, oh, my God. I'm, this is on repeat. This is not okay. Yeah. I always get, I keep getting blank space, uh, like, on, on repeat in my mind. It's catchy. <laughs> it's horrible. Damn catchy. Yeah. She's good. I, I, I've always had, I've never hated Taylor Swift. Mm. Um, I've always been not a fan, but like, I, I respect that she can write because mm. I know she can write. And for me, you know, that's, that says a lot, you know, can she sing? She's okay, but yeah. I think she's a better writer than she is a singer. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I can respect that. Yeah. Speaking of good singer songwriters, David has a new album out. I do. Yeah, yeah. Stories of yous and me. Yeah. Available now on iTunes, Amazon, and Spotify. Spotify. Everywhere. SoundCloud. Yeah. So check it out. Some Minji's been listening to that. She's been approving. Oh, I'm you. nodding and the microphone's not catching it. So yes, <laughs> I have been. <laughs> so what's the story of the use in this? So um besides grammatically incorrect, <laughs> which, which is could have been done on purpose. We make um, language. I th- I think um so what I what I did was I, I had a hard time figuring out what I wanted to call this. I just knew that all these these songs were like journal entries and stories mm-hmm. um, that I had. I put down each, I wrote down each song, you know, trying to brainstorm titles, and I put down the names of each person that this song either inspired me to write or you know, it was about. And um, I realized that you know I, it originally it was gonna be stories of them and or you guys and me or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I thought because each of these songs represented one person, I wanted to make it more personal. So it was, it's, it's about, you know, each person and, um, it's about y- basically you and me, you know, like if I were to see one song and, and see the name next to it. Right. So it's, it's very personal and, um, it's, yeah, it's just, it's just a collection of the things that, you know, stories, that I've I've had in the past couple of years. Cool. Yeah. So it's a couple. That's a, that was actually my question. Is like how long have those stories been, you know, compiling before you felt like you had a good collection, or like how yeah. did how did the selection? I you know like depending. Selection I don't know process. how much you wrote too. Yeah, I wrote a bunch of songs. Right. I probably wrote thirty something songs, and I had to you know consolidate down to how many songs do I have? Twelve. 12? Yeah, twelve <laughs> songs. Thank you. And uh, it, it, yeah, I'm just. Uh, I, that part of it, um, it was, is more about what I want to say, what I, what I want to put out, um, songs that I feel I, you know, the craft at least, um, was, was good enough to put in a, 
album. Um, and yeah, I put it out and kind of, it's, it's not an album that I put out, um, thinking that it's going to be, you know, a big hit or anything like that, but I put it out in my, my last track, uh, this one's for me actually sums up my album and why I did, why I put this one out and it's for me. It's, it's, uh, something that I want to put out regardless of, um, whether people like it or not. Of course, I want people to like it and enjoy it and connect with it. But um, this one was it, was, it was mainly for me, just to put out what I wanted. Respect. Cool. Yeah. I love that. It's, I I mean, I had such, it's, it's a really good, um, not that there's any particular season to assign to any album or whatever. I just loved listening to it when it, actually I was listening to it yesterday when it was raining mm. and it, <laughs> I was going down the 405 miserable in traffic, but it, and and then like kind of like what I'm currently ruminating over and, you know, whatever. It fits so well and it's just like, I, I just love, you know, I've been a fan of Dave and we've been, we've known each other for several years at this point, but just like your music is so, it, it, it feels personal and I think that's why anybody can enjoy it because it's like, it really makes you think of yeah. whoever you're thinking about or like whatever, you know, I, I'm very big on lyrics. Right. There's a lot of people who listen to songs they don't really listen to what people are saying. They, they kind of listen for the musicality for the or the vibe. Beat. Yeah, yeah, but I listen to lyrics a lot, mm. and if the if you're saying something and it's very story driven, like yeah. it really you know hits home for me. Yeah, so, well, I yeah. mean, I try to write from a personal spot, yeah, you know, place. Um, it, you know, it's very songwriting for me is a very personal thing because especially when it's f- as David Choi, not as David Choi the writer that I give like, you know the songs I write for other people, but mm-hmm. the ones I I choose to represent myself, it's. Uh, it's very personal, you know, it's things that I would not talk about even with like my best friends. It's, you know, something that I can put in only in a song. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, it's, it's funny that I would share it with the world, but, um, that's what makes it very vulnerable for me because it's something that I wouldn't even tell my best friend, but I would put it in a song and cause music is the only way I can really communicate it. Cool. Deep. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Super deep. So we're going to try to, play one of these songs on this podcast i have this fancy setup here hopefully it'll work is there a specific song you want to share with us um well my first single was all i need Uh, you can play that one yeah all i need here's all i need life is so tranquil stumbling home spare the rod and the pity it's fine to be Good to feel numb again And I know there's hope There's hope That's something I've been waiting for Oh, you know that I've been going through stormy weather I need someone to help me make it better Oh, I see A broken promises Cool. Yeah. Yay. David's really excited. I'm super enthusiastic. <laughs> Yay.
so many feelings. I love it. <laughs> cool. So. I have a question. What's mm-hmm. up? Because I ask this of all artists. I'm always really curious of who the song inspires you. Well, this, okay. that, yeah, but that's a personal <laughs> question. And I'm going to respect your space and I'm not going to go there. But I, I, and I think I've probably asked you this before, but it, and, and I think it's an ongoing question because you're evolving as a person, as an artist, but like who mm-hmm. really speaks to you? Like who do you listen to when musically? Yeah. Um, well, this album, I, I will say it was inspired by the seventies. I would say the seventies and the nineties mixed together. Nice. Um, cause that's just the music that I enjoy listening to. And I think anything that any artist listens to will inspire, uh, influence them mm-hmm. whether they like it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, what I was listening to at the time of recording all of this and producing it, I was listening to a lot of seventies, nineties and, um, classical and jazz actually. And that, I guess, fused together, created this sort of a sound, which is kind of weird, but... It's good. And then that, that that's your own. Like, that becomes the David Choi sound. Which yeah. Right. What, are there specific artists? I actually, like, don't really know... I probably have heard of 70s artists, but I I've, I personally don't really listen to 70s music. Stevie Wonder. Oh, yeah. Earth, Wind & Fire, uh, Bee Gees. Mm-hmm. No. Okay, so I have less. <laughs> yeah. Frank Sinatra. That's more 60s, but. Yeah. Um, I listen to a lot of 60s as well. Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay, what about 90s? Because 90s is. 90s, I listen to a lot of uh, like R&B. Um, you know, Brian McKnight. Uh, a lot of Babyface. Babyface mm-hmm. is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, That's one of the few yeah. CDs I have in my car is Babyface. Really? Yeah. Good for you. He's He's someone I highly respect because he was. An artist, writer, and producer. Exactly. Mm. Babyface, like, was the man. He wrote all of Boys to Men songs. He wrote all of them? He wrote all of them. The ones that you know, he wrote them. <laughs> I was listening to Boys to Men yesterday. I was about to crash my car because. Because no. of Boys to Men? Just <sighs> you break, don't understand. Get into it. I've seen them live three times, and it's wow. just like, they, oh. they were at the Alameda County Fair in Pleasanton, which is a tiny city, but it was like where the county fairgrounds were, and that's where I went to high school. Mm. And they were, it was like a fairground, so it was very like open seating. I almost touched uh, Wanye's hand, wow. and I almost died because it was amazing. But they're beautiful. Like they're, I would say, like again, I'm really interested because like that tells me kind of like what kind of artist you are, I guess, by who you like and who influences you. Everyone you listed, I'm a huge fan of. Yeah. So I like your music even more. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah. I guess, you know, we were talking about um, just like, um, what were we talking about YouTube earlier? I forget. Maybe during lunch. But Sometime. you were one of the original YouTube stars, right? One of the original, like, people started getting from a camera, started singing, like, songs back in yeah, the Yeah, it was there pretty the early. early. Days, right? um, yeah. I remember at the time when I started... There were probably about five musicians on YouTube. Mm. Uh, some of them being Esme Denters, mm. oh. who was the first one to get signed to a major. Um, she got signed to Justin Timberlake's Justin Timberlake. company. Okay. <clears throat> I remember at the time when she got signed, YouTube put up a huge banner in front of the homepage saying, congratulations, Esme. Uh, that was wow. pretty amazing. Um, this was like before it was a part of Google, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, there was, uh, who else was there? There was... Um, the Lonely Band, there was uh, 
I can't even remember their names. <laughs> Ryan Leslie was one of them. Oh wow, um, I haven't heard that name in a while. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it was a long time ago, man. Like, that was things, like a lot of things have changed. Two thousand five. That was on two thousand six. Two thousand six when I, was when, when yeah. I first found out about YouTube, and that yeah. was because it was the only place that was showing the Lonely Island skit, um, Lazy Sunday. Okay. So that's how I first found out about YouTube, mm-hmm. and then. I mean, I first heard about you through just through Phil's blog, Angry Asian Man, and you know, that's mm-hmm. how kind of how most people you know, kept up with Asian American pop culture was through Phil's blog. Yeah, yeah right? Phil. Yeah, right. Um, I'm going yeah. through that thing right now. Yeah, I think they're Amazing. they're they're about settled. I think they like made nice. They Are did. they? I don't know. Again, I don't know anything about anything because everything is just what we're hearing through media. Yeah, and they're saying like I heard. There were things that she said to apologize, but I don't know what the situation is. Yeah. Go and Phil. Anyway, yeah, seriously, like just send our support out because it's just an unfortunate thing. I really hope it's just like it's stress. It's unnecessary yeah. like hoopla. And everyone likes to put in their two cents. But at the end of the day, I'm like, this is Phil and Leela's life. Like that's that's yeah. their livelihood. And like, mm-hmm. yeah. I hope it just gets sorted out. Yeah, I yeah. think it's good sorted out now. Good. I think so. Yeah, it seems that way. Good. Yeah. Um, if you guys don't know what we're talking, we could go check out. I guess um, everything's kind of um, closed off. They like took down their like the worst posts, but they put up like a uh, in, like a summary of what's going on on angryasianman.com or angry little Asian girl. I don't know what the website is. I don't go to that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's how you found out about David. <laughs> yeah. So like, so the first time I saw you on stage was actually at Collaboration um, mm-hmm. 2009, which was yeah. This, the year that we went to the, the shrine, that was a big year. I remember that being like, just like a murderous row of talents. You, Kina, Jane. Why are we bringing violence like, into this? Lily Everdome. <laughs> yeah, like it was. It was quite a quite a lineup. Paul. Paul was Paul awesome. Dante. Yeah. yeah. Nice. That was yeah. an amazing show. Everyone talks about this show, and I was like, I joined that year, so I just missed it. Yeah. I was like really <laughs> sad, and I'm still sad six years it later. Was very extravagant. Yeah, that's the right way to put it. Yeah, just every, like everyone's like, "Oh, it's so epic!" Like it's X Y Z. A lot of like photographers, you know. Yeah, it was like a Hollywood movie opening. That nice. type yeah. of production. Oh, we gonna make that production. <laughs> no, I think those and those are honestly, it's it's just I don't know how to summarize it, but that's that's for me as somebody who was an audience member at that time. And I still am like just because we're part of collaboration doesn't mean that we're not in the seats cheering yeah. and like seeing new artists too. But just seeing the the journey that everyone was on at that time, that's a very like we were talking about this earlier, just like how special that time was because mm-hmm. everything was kind of like just launching at the time. Right. Yeah, It was yeah. fresh. It was, it was really fresh yeah. and new and exciting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> was that that was your first time performing on stage, or was that? Uh... No, I've performed on stage before. Uh, that was the probably the first time I've performed in front of a crowd that big. Mm. Yeah, it yeah. was uh, surreal. <laughs> Were you nervous? How did it? Fe- I'm I'm always big on that. How did well, it feel for you? <laughs> I was nervous before I got up on stage. Yes, I was nervous, but it was different because uh, when you're playing in front of a crowd that big. Mm-hmm. I, they were so everyone was so small and tiny and it, looked, it just looked like a it looked like a picture in front of me as opposed to you know shows that are even like a couple hundred people like that's more nerve-wracking for me because you see them i see i can see individual faces but when it's a crowd that big mm-hmm. 
you just see everybody as a whole and it's like just a big massive crowd <laughs> yeah it was very surreal yeah it was a great night i i've just i've only seen video clips but it just looked like it, it was really fun great. that was actually my first collaboration show collaboration show myself like i've heard of it up until then but i think i went because a friend invited me and before then it was just i don't know for some reason collaboration just collaboration seemed like something that like much like Coachella as like a kid, like something you would just never go to because it's like so big and so like <laughs> fancy looking. And it's just like, oh, that's just for like the stars and stuff. You know, that's for like the popular people. Right. Yeah. But yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Glory days. No, but I still think that, you know, again, and this is, this is the story right now with collaboration with the entire Asian American community, with the artists. Just, I mean, can you, elaborate a little bit for our listeners just how it's been for you since then because like it's changed right we we constantly talk about how industries are changing how the community is changing how we are changing and like things that we're creating and xyz right so how would you how would you kind of describe your journey since 2009 which was that that kind of blur moment of well 2009 was i think even for myself 2009 2010 that was like the peak of my youtube as well Mm -hmm. because it was still very fresh you know i was putting out content regularly Mm -hmm. um it was a it was a great time you know for all asian americans on in in, in youtube and social media and just in general i think in media um and you know now now it's it's kind of uh I wouldn't. I don't want to say plateaued, but it's it, everyone's still working hard and trying to maintain their audience and, and grow it. You know, I think the system is a little more in place, mm-hmm. um, and it's just a matter about maintaining that. Right. Uh, but as far as like the spark that we had back then, uh, I think that is really tough to achieve again mm-hmm. because just the the landscape of what the enter- entertainment world looks like right now. Right. Right. Um, yeah. So I think people are trying to figure out new new ways of, you know, putting out content and um creating relationships with brands or whatever and yeah. <clears throat> cuz uh since since the beginning of YouTube, I mean, every video has been done. You know, we've seen everything. Everyone <laughs> has seen everything. Yeah. And that came at an exponential rate, you know. Yeah. Who hasn't seen a picture of, or a a video of a cat playing piano? You know, like who, <laughs> who hasn't seen that? Everyone's seen, you know, every video po- ever made, you know, right. stop motion video. I remember when that was amazing. Mm-hmm. Stop motion. Now mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I know it took time, but I've seen, you know, <laughs> yeah. hundreds of these videos. Yeah. So it's about innovating on a diff- in a different way, I think. I, I'm constantly baffled by that because it's just like, how do we maintain creativity Again, it's kind of like you're you're getting influenced because like something you saw or something you heard or something you did or whatever, and it's supposed to influence you. But then now again, it's that fear of like, well, what if someone has already done it? And honestly, it's just yeah. as quick as a Google search. Like you can find like, okay, yeah. my idea is not that brilliant, and uh, it's not as good as that person's or whatever. They have higher production value, blah blah. blah. So it's kind of like, how do you keep your edge and how do you stay creative and like yeah. keeping people on their toes? Yeah. And also, how do you create those emotional connections? Because mm-hmm. you can't you can't fake that, you know, you can't uh, yeah. manufacture e- emotion. So, um, it's, it's about creating these moments for people, you know, um, that will connect them to you in a, in a, I don't know, 
stronger way. Yeah. Do you have a particular, <clears throat> do you have a particular, um, well, actually you kind of answered this because you said that you wrote the album mainly for yourself, but when you, mm-hmm. um, do you ever take into consideration your following or like who you know that your, your demographic is or whatever yeah. when you, when you're making your content, whether that be video or whatever? Not yeah. when making my content, but I I do find demographics and statistics very important mm-hmm. because that's, you know, that'll, that saves me a ton of money on tour. I know where to tour. I know where to go perform. I know where right. my audience is listening from. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have breakdowns all, like from YouTube, Twitter, f- Facebook of age demographics, where they're located, um, what language they speak. And that's, you know, really valuable because, right. like I said, it, it helps me locate where... Um, my listeners are, so I can go over there. So, where you like? So, is there a place where you're most surprised to have fans from? Um, you know, I really uh, surprised. I I don't know if I'm surprised anymore, but because <laughs> it's just been a part of my my life and um, my my career. But right. um, man, I have I have fans like everywhere. What it's, what's surprising is uh, that I do have listeners from all over the world. That's what's surprising. Mm-hmm. And still, you know, it's mind boggling when I still think about it, <laughs> even though I've been, you know, overseas plenty of times, but it's just weird. You're in Asia all the time. I am. There's, <laughs> a, there's a lot of people in Asia. You know, Asia is a huge, huge place. Yeah. 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 Um, so many little, like different countries, you know, um, Europe is a place that I'm going to try to go to this year that I've never been to. Nice. Um, and the really amount of frequent flyer mm-hmm. miles you must have at this point, like, mm-hmm. and then you've been to Europe is kind of surprising. Yeah, yeah. I, I've I've been to Asia plenty of times. I know the geography of Asia, like all the little countries yeah. and, you know. Uh, Europe's like, I feel like it's like the East Coast, which is like, you don't realize how many different, like, states there are just mm-hmm. bunched up each other in the East Coast. Like, you don't realize how many countries are just bunched up together in Europe. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like. And you can go to another country two hours right. you know yeah. two hour train. train ride and yeah. you're there you know yeah. and they have their own um like we have southwest and JetBlue and all that stuff they have their mini yeah. airlines where you can get cheap flights to right. like go in <laughs> i can't wait for you to go i actually lived in europe twice or two mm-hmm. different times and it was and i was one of those people like i never cared to go to europe i never i was just one of those like ignorant little i just need to stay in california because that's all that matters we're the world you know but yeah. then when i got there i was like i'm clearly out of my mind because this is like one of the most beautiful <laughs> places you could ever go and just yeah. learn about i just like your california accent that's <laughs> God. is that what we sound like yeah that's what i sound like <laughs> um back in the day it's embarrassing no i'm excited for you and for me like uh, I think this is kind of like what Marvin and a lot of other people in collaboration are really just curious about what you were talking about is not just your artistic journey in terms of like who influences you and how did you go through the process. Like it is a business, right? And so Mm -hmm. when you're talking about touring and writing your album and a release and all that stuff, I'm like super curious to understand how much work that takes because you're like double dutying as like the creator because you're making the art, right? But Mm -hmm. then it's also a business because that's you know how and so much respect to you for like making that your living i think that's so yeah. many people's dream it's hard um it, i think one of the things that i was really lucky about when i first started you know music mm-hmm. um when i was 16 is i was really driven I, i've read I, I read a lot when i was young um about the industry and pe- how people succeeded in, in the music industry mm-hmm. and you know i you read so many stories and you still hear it to this day of how people get screwed over 
bad deals, you know, shady people. And luckily I, I came across those stories early on mm-hmm. in my career and I was able to learn about the industry and how it works and, you know, different, um, yeah, different fa- facets of the industry, you know, the business side of it, yeah. publishing, songwriting, um, you know, TV and like all these things and how things work. So I educated myself and uh, it it came really handy when it, you know, throughout my career and when I started YouTube and when I was writing and uh, I think just being educated helps a lot. Right. You know? And also on, on the business side, I do have people who help me out. Um, so that I can focus more on the creative side. Right. Like, you know, I have a booking agent who books all my shows and uh, negotiates and does all that for me. So it's full time work. Right. It's, it's, it's a lot of work, but yeah. mm-hmm. uh, luckily I have some cool people around me. And um, is there any yeah. advice from your experience that, like, if you, if you meet young aspiring artists who, you know, have dreams we'll, and we'll, talent? We'll get and that in that? a little bit. We have, okay. we have an email about that later. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Cool. But yeah, once jump again, that. Jump in the gun. <laughs> Stop derailing this podcast. That is my job. That is why you have me here, Marvin Yui. No, it's not. That's a lie. <laughs> um, the album again is Stories of Yous and Me. It's on iTunes, Amazon, Spotify. Get it today and enjoy the music. Thanks. Yeah. You will enjoy it for sure. <laughs> um, let's get to some lo- like some news or topics right now. Um, not much happened last week in terms of Asian American news. I guess there's some, like again... What are you saying? Check out Phil's blog for a lot of cool things. But um, one of the things I wanted to talk about, talk about was the Oscars that happened on, yeah, the, on Sunday. Yeah, that was what I was saying. Yeah. <laughs> so there's been a lot of talk about how this has been like the whitest Oscars or the white curves or whatever. But um, there were some bright spots for Asian Americans, um, at least you know animated ones. Um, Big Hero 6 won Best Animated Feature, which featured um, not only an Asian like Asians in the cast, the animated cast, but also in their voice cast as well, like Daniel Henney and um, the other kid. Woo! Big Hero 6. Ryan. Ryan Potter. Ryan Potter, that's right. Um, Congratulations. That's like, that's what all the, all the media, all the Asian American media outlets picked up on. Also, um, Tom Cross from um, Whiplash won for um, editing and, I haven't seen the movie yet, but I've been wanting to. It seems like mm. really great. And J.K. Simmons, like I've been a big fan of his work for a long time, and he seems to play a really, really great asshole in that movie. Apparently, mm. I still haven't. Again, <laughs> Oscars are always just a reminder of like these are the movies you have to go watch that you haven't yet. I've only watched <laughs> I think a handful, like a few, that were nominated this year. Did you watch them? I, I watched a little bit of the Oscars. Do you have you watched the movies that were nominated? Oh, I only saw. Um, I saw Big Hero Six. I saw the. Uh, the one with the crazy wife, Gone Girl. Gone Girl. Was that? Uh, yeah. huh? Was that? It was. It was. Okay. Yeah. That's why I can't look at Neil Patrick Harris the same. I'm like, movie. look at him like that. Was, mm. That movie was kind of scary. Marvin and I good. watched it together. We watched it with a bunch of collab friends and like a few other friends, and all of us at the end of it were just like <laughs> <laughs> disturbed. Yeah. But yeah, good job, Ben Affleck. I didn't know Gone Girl was an actual term. I looked it up. Oh, yeah. What does it mean? It's like. A fancy party girl from like I guess like it's it's kind of like a another way to say like the ideal girl like the mm. guy's girl the, the oh, party girl the gone like, girl yeah Got it's it. like a it's a I want to say it's from like the twenties yeah 50s. it sounds very like old a, fashioned like a, and dated beatnik term or some sort of I like, like it thing. yeah you're the gone girl <laughs> you're amazing like from the Gatsby era that the kind of you're thing. the living yeah. end like that. <laughs> 
do a little, a little sus- sachet. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, I mean, we were kind of talking about we were kind of talking about earlier, just you know how even in terms of you know like color in the Oscars, like Asian Americans in general, hasn't really been featured as much. Maybe not in like the the prime time, like, you know, the daytime, like, the visual effects of that's, you know, full of Asians. And also the, um, like, we like last year we had the composer from um, Frozen, Frozen, who was half Filipino, right? Mm-hmm. And the year before that we had Ang Lee for director. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's still very few and far between, right? Right. I mean, I didn't watch the Oscars. I, I heard tons about it because I was following it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And there were lots of thoughts and lots of opinions and lots of griping and a lot of celebrating going mm-hmm. on the entire time. And it's a lot to keep up with. And I guess it's hard for me to truly comment because I wasn't watching the actual Oscars. And I've been trying to watch as many clips as possible since mm. then, just to understand. But I was mainly focused on the. I wanted to watch Gaga and I wanted to watch John Legend and... <laughs> mm-hmm. All of that. That's what I was like really interested in. And then I just wanted to know who won. So I kind of didn't need to watch everything. But I heard there was a lot of commentary. And apparently it was a lot of like these camera shots of like trying to compensate for the lack of diversity. Like they kept (laughs) on going to Oprah a lot. Mm. And then they kept on going to like all these other African-American artists. Well, Oprah's a spokesperson for all colored people. Of course she is. And all like women. (laughs) Right. Um, I don't know. There, I think there was just... It was such a strong narrative though leading up to it that like I think... The producers just like we have to like salvage this somehow or like show that we care, you know. It's kind of like the whole thing. Look, we have you know colored friends too, right? Yeah. The whole thing. They're sitting here with us. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I it's a it's a hard subject to comment on. I don't know if they executed well on salvaging. If that was there, I'm mm. sure that was part of their agenda. Yeah. I just I'm I have mixed feelings about even like representation in media or mm-hmm. like because here's the thing the academy i mean just it's a numbers game right if you think of how many thousands of people are in the academy and then the diversity in that i'm sure it's still vast vast majority white right, mm, right. that's the case and it's going to be getting more diverse that's going to take time mm-hmm. and that takes activity and that takes create creating stuff it's not even creativity it's like making work more right. babies yeah <laughs> Reproduce, guys. It's a number. We're only six percent. We're six percent. It's explainable, you know. We'll we'll have a we'll have our own BET when there's a big enough audience to support it and who are interested enough. And honestly, that's why I feel like, and it's not to like say that we don't have quality. Like we have so many amazing artists, and not to say that we don't have like actual structural racism existing right now. Because absolutely, the power dynamics are ridiculous. It's highly political. Mm-hmm. So you have people like bickering about like, well, screw the Oscars. Like the Oscars are all rigged and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't know anything about the Academy, but then like, it's kind of like the same people. It's like, if you handed them an Oscar, they'd be like, Oh my God, this is the biggest yeah. honor of my life. So I'm kind of mm-hmm. like you guys, if you guys are seeking that validation, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Cause it is a big accomplishment to receive that kind of recognition. Right. Like there's room for that. But at the end of the day, it's like, well, what are you going to do as a result? Mm-hmm. Are people actually going and buying independent artists' music, right, that they support? Are you actually going to a film festival and supporting people of color, whether that is Asian, black, Latino, whatever, right? Because mm-hmm. everyone's trying to create stuff, but you, if you don't have a demand for it and you're just going to, like, social media to complain, that's my two cents on it. I mean, like, I feel as frustrated as anybody else. Yeah. But it's also like, well, then do something about it. 
Go to your local collaboration show. You know what I mean? Go buy David's album. Go like whoever you like, like support them. Put your money where your mouth is. Put your viewership where like, you know, it counts because we need that encouragement. Right? Like this is this is like it means a lot to us when people share the things that we make. Sorry, I'm just like going off, but that's that's how (laughs) I feel. It's like action. Action speaks a lot. As loud, if not more louder than words. More mm-hmm. louder. I just wrecked English there. Do you want to? Do you want to talk about face touching? Oh God! <laughs> Why? I thought that was fake. If you guys didn't catch Oscars, there was, <laughs> um, there's a section where John Travolta comes out and just starts. Well, I mean, it was kind of a callback from last year when he butchered um, Idina Menzel's name, oh, yeah. and then I <laughs> And then as he's like apologizing, he starts like caressing her. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what that was. It just made all my skin crawl off. And then when I saw that, did you see that? Did you I didn't s- see that part? What happened? John Travolta was being ultra creeper. Like he won creeper of the night <laughs> award. He was just like, they're standing and she's all trying to, she's being very, very. Dina Menzel was there. She was standing yeah. like as close as you and I are right now. But I think even closer. Yeah. yeah. Even closer. Even closer. Yeah, and he, he was like being really, and he just kept on like touching her. It was really awkward. And that was one of the clips that I saw. And I was like, this is making me really uncomfortable. Interesting. I got to see that. There yeah. Was a, for like, for an Oscars out they were like very like kind of stepping on eggshells with stuff. There was some like wild cards. Like um, when Sean Penn announced the winner of like of best motion picture, which was Birdman. Mm-hmm. He made like this, this like this off joke about like, oh, who gave this guy as his green card? Yeah. Because, you know, he like he's been winning all night. Yeah. And it's just like got me to think about just. Like production wild cards, right? It's like, look, so Minji and I and you know, David too, like, you know, we do a lot of live shows. We like, we're either part of production or part of the talent, but like, you know, there's always sometimes when like you put someone on stage who's like, you know, we work with a lot of comedians who like don't like sticking the scripts and like to like ad lib. And you know, it's always just, all right, there's a 25% chance this guy will say something totally <laughs> off base, but yeah. No. Or you get heckled, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, we've, I've talked to you about that. Like, yeah, just people, one show. Just one show, really? Just one show, one heckler, yeah. So like yeah, it's just like you just you can't plan everything. Yeah, but I I don't know. Don't I don't I don't applaud Sean Penn's comment. Mm. I think it was poor, you know, poorly timed and like not when you're presenting the best picture award. Like <laughs> again, because like I make jokes right, and I'm sure I know they're friends. And honestly, Sean Penn, like again, I don't know his whole track record, but mm-hmm. I also know that Sean Penn's like a huge advocate for a lot of different human He's a rights. Big humanitarian guy. Yeah. yeah. So I just like holistically, I just don't, I would not peg him. He's just like kind of like a, like, I don't know. Well, I think it goes back to the point where like, um, we were talking about, um, I think either last week or the week before about like when you're friends with someone, like you somehow, somehow it's okay to like say jokes that you normally wouldn't say. But he should not have said that on the public. stage. At that, like, yeah. no, he should not have done that. Yeah, it was it was bad choice. <laughs> and he's he's getting the feedback. Yeah, you know what I mean. Highly doubt he's going to say that ever again. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. But there's humans still. Right. Yeah. That's that's also my thing with like celebrities. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard like, to be PC at all times. Right. Yeah, and like. I've gotten feedback for some of like my collaboration shows where like a comedian said like one joke and then we got like literally got a strong word letter from like this lady that like was just totally offended. It's ruined the night for her. But like it was just it's like usually it's a minority. Usually people kind of laugh it off or kind of take it as a whole. But like, you know, it's kind of that whole thing where like you can't really please everybody. What are your thoughts on being PC? 
Because we're you're um, I, I, I'm pretty PC. Yeah. <laughs> in public, um, you just have to be careful. I think mm-hmm. everyone needs to be careful. You obviously can't please everybody, but you know there are certain boundaries that people. Yeah. I mean, if you want to cross that line, then you're asking for it. And if yeah. you're ready to deal with the backlash, then by all means, do go for it. Yeah. But uh, you know, this—that's the beauty of this this nation—is we have freedom of speech, and Free we can s- cross yeah. that line if we want. That's another topic that we can like. We're kind of we're we're, we're kind of running long now, but one of these days we got to talk about free speech and kind of yeah, what um, what protecting that really means. You know, like yeah, does the whole thing like you know. Like, I may not like what you say, but I'll protect your right to say it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, when you start censoring, it's like, it's a slippery slope too. So yeah. there's yeah. a lot of, especially in the age of the internet when like yeah. people can say awful, awful, awful things. And it will never go away. Yeah. It's a whole nother. Sean Penn will never be able to erase what he said. And honestly, like if it was, if he was saying that about an Asian person, mm-hmm. I'd be, you know, I'd be freaking pissed off too. So like, it, you know, and people will always have that commentary and that's, that's the, the crazy scary part of entertainment, whatever you say or do PC or what, otherwise mm-hmm. you have your human moment. Right. Somebody will make a meme out of it or like they will bring it up every time they talk about you. And also, but, but at the same time, it's everything in media is, um, it's very short lived. It know? is. And people forget. Yeah. Well, yeah. would you say like the backlash is kind of the, the way of free speech of policing itself? Cause like, you know, you always have some like, Someone says something online and people ask, like, the government to censor them or, like, ask people to, like, take it down and then, no. Um, is it, no? Would you rather, like, someone, like, take it back or would you rather, um, like, say the Westboro Baptist Church, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they say awful things and, like, they picket um, funerals of soldiers and things like that. And then, basically, you can ask the police to go, like, clear them out, but that infringes on their freedom of speech or is it the fact that because they do those dumb that those horrible things and people like give them all sorts of crap for it mm-hmm. it just um it kind of negates their the power of their freedom of speech right it's like yeah that's this is a whole nother that's a whole yeah. other discussion yeah no <laughs> yeah. i can see why you want to do a whole yeah it's yeah tricky especially like you know we all we all kind of live on the internet now and you know like there's all these all this crap going on you know whenever like uh, we were just watching like speaking of um, Parks and Rec, right? Um, a couple episodes ago, there was this. They made a joke about like a men's rights group, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I've been dealing with this for like the last short while, <laughs> yeah. and I'm sick of it. Like it's hilarious. I, yeah. Again, I think, and that's why I think artists and like music and acting and all and comedy, all of it is to make commentary and to reflect on this is how it is now. Mm-hmm. So I, I absolutely, good, bad, or otherwise. That's the reality of now, right? Right. And it's, it, again, so there's room for being politically correct. And there's other times, like, just being really blatantly raw and honest. Mm-hmm. There's value in that, too. Because if we're not, if we're always just trying to, like, say the right thing just to, to appear to be saying the right thing, I don't think it helps us ultimately at the end of the day overall. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because, like, you're acting then. You're not being truthful. You're not being honest. So that's why... David, thank you for being a great singer because you hold the responsibility of reflecting all the truth of our emotions <laughs> and heartbreak. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a heavy burden. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for putting that on me. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, all right. Let's move on to some collaboration updates um, before we get to some emails. Um, so we've been having a lot of great open mics, like we said. Um, mm-hmm. Upcoming events. Um, Houston has an has an 
open mic on Thursday the 26th. Um, that's tomorrow. So check it out if you're Houston's the Stage Lounge. Um, New York City has their open mic um, registration open for their April open mic. And for those of you, those of you in LA, um, our registration is open as well for um, our open mic on March 11th at Copa Vida in Pasadena. So um, if you're around, check that out. We'll, we'll put the notes down in the show notes below. And um, yeah, that's that's collaboration update. Um, do you guys have time for an email or should we just call it? I think we got to wrap. All right. David's a busy guy, so we're gonna we're gonna we're already let him running go. long, guys. But Thank thanks you. for thanks for those of you sent emails. We'll 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 get to them tomorrow um, next week. Um, but yeah, that's the collaboration podcast. Um, thanks again, thanks again to our guest, David Choi. Thank you, David. Do you have any fun. closing remarks? Things that you want to say? Um, save the pandas. <laughs> save the pandas. Also, check out his album <laughs> "Stories of Using Me," uh, available on and iTunes, Amazon, get... and Spotify. Sorry to interrupt. And check out this tour. I'll be on tour. Come out to my show March 20th at the Troubadour in L.A. I have an OC show the day after in Santa Ana. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, and then San Diego the, the day after that. So hopefully... You it's all on your, your website, right? All it's all on my and, website. Yeah, yeah. All, and that is? DavidChoyMusic.com. DavidChoyMusic.com. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks again for joining us this week. Uh, as always, we'll see you next Wednesday. Um, keep on collabing. <laughs> We'll figure it out. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye, guys.